Art on the blockchain player Crypto kings all the way up Art on the blockchain player Crypto queens we gon' stay up Art on the blockchain player I flip the meme, now you seen that I'm major Art on the blockchain player It's the AOTB sucker player Stripper was a cutie, QR code on a booty So I scanned it with my cell and threw a Bitcoin at a OE Yours truly got some crypto on a nudie Keep the fire on the loose leaf if they really wanna do me Think this shit's a movie, maneuvering too smoothly I'm Ubering two Uzis with Kukas and two doobies Google it, I eat them up, for real I full noodle it Shout out DJ Pepe motherfucker, he's a lunatic Jessica, Angel the Messenger, sketching ya Crypto kitties, Dogecoin, Ethereum, etc Ayo my click flex, all up on bitch racks Hit my big Bitcoin is gold like a piss test The podcast of the year, ain't no stiff necks We get to rockin' over here with the respect Bought my Nikes with Monero, no Giuseppe's How to get green like some fucking red Pepe's Let's Blaze, X-ray vision up on the webpage It's only sketching on Poloniex is where the bet raised Welcome back to Art on the Blockchain episode 11 that was sketch mcginney with the crypto freestyle <laughs> we're gonna keep them coming for y'all you know it doesn't have to be all rap if anybody wants to hit me up with uh acoustic version of their uh crypto stuff uh me and cynthia would enjoy that again i'm and i am cynthia gaten and we are art on the blockchain this is jimmy song you're listening to art on the blockchain this is Thomas Blondet from Rhythm and Culture Music, and you're listening to Art on the Blockchain. Yo, this is Josh Lester, and you're tuned in to the Crypto Creative Podcast, Art on the Blockchain, with your hosts Cynthia Gaten and Jay Skrilla. Motherfucker, say what? <laughs> Follow us along at Twitter, at AOTB underscore podcast. Um, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, we just uh, found out that, what was it, um... What was that that called us top 50 blockchain podcast? Yeah, it seems like it's a dynamic um, list that changes, I don't know, on, on occasion, but uh, apparently it is it is curated, the top 50. So I just found us on there a couple days ago, so it was pretty We appreciate pretty it. Um, thanks for everybody that's come on, everybody listening. You know, we can't do it without y'all, and uh, we plan to get better and better as we go on. Maybe worse, who knows? <laughs> but we appreciate also that when people tell us stuff that's going on because today we can actually put in our top five an event uh, based on a response to our request for for things to promote. So Indeed. let us know. And um, today we have a very special guest. Jessica Angel is on the program and uh, she's going to talk about the ETH Doth Bridge, uh, her artwork. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into a lot of other stuff like memes and rare pepes and uh, Klein bottles and her Telegram group. And uh, crypto animals to bring on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting to see which animals she brings. <laughs> In fact, anybody hit us up on our Twitter and uh, tell us what crypto animal you'd like to, to bring along to a deserted island. can only bring one. And you got the internet. <laughs> Anyway, with that said, we have Cynthia Gaten's 
top five news. Yeah, it's been a short turnaround. So since episode 10, there were some top five news items. Uh, no particular order, but the thing I'm particularly interested in uh, was a research results published called Democratizing Art Markets, Fractional Ownership and the Securitization of Art. The uh, results were published, research results were published in January of this year by Amy Whitaker and Roman Kossel. Kossel. I'll mispronounce it, but you'll see the correct spelling. Um, Using data from the Leo Castelli Gallery, the authors created a, a, quote, novel model evaluating the art market returns using first sale prices alongside auction results. So what they did is they took a sample portfolio from two artists, John Jasper Johns and Robert Rosenberg, to see what would happen if they retained 10% equity in the work they sold through their dealers over the course of five years, basically at the startup phase in their careers. Researchers found that if they retained this equity interest of 10% in the sample portfolio that they put together, that interest would have performed at least 2.5 and up to 986.8 times better than the S&P 500 over the same period. That's that's remarkable. And we talk about you know how artists can you know get involved in this in this space. This is definitely you know some statistics to to refer to. Oh, 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 yes, Back it up, yeah. Um, I think it's a significant implications for art and crypto space. We're under some promoted scenarios, some uh, systems are encouraging, uh, you know, artists to retain some equity interest. So this this is kind of further evidence of that. Uh, and the abstract says these shares could trade using technology such as the blockchain. So they refer to blockchain specifically, and would allow more democratic and diversifiable access to investment in art markets. Pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, introduction says this paper presents a novel instrument framework for art by fundamentally reconsidering the art market from the view point of view of artists rather than art investors as is typically done. Another thing that we hope to you know talk about a little bit uh, with with Jessica later later in the podcast. Indeed. So it's not often that I get to talk about the Coase theorem. Um, I'm a graduate of <laughs> George Mason Law School, which is all about law and economics. Uh, so it was one of the core principles of the law and economics focus of the school. So I'm thrilled that they referenced the Coase theorem in this paper. Uh oh. Um, oh, Cynthia. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you know this has been a long time since I graduated. I'm finally able to see some benefit of the Coase theorem. Uh, the authors properly argue that royalties are property rights that can be divisible and traded independently, not only when the art is sold. This is another critical element that you know you're when you first think about art and and blockchain and just generally when people have shares you think that that's it you know upon that sale is the only time that this can happen um according to the to the paper if you if you apply it it as an efficiency model um there are ways to look at this as independent transactions the idea also with the coast theorem is that if the transactions costs are low you're more likely to get more and more uh, benefit from these kinds of transactions or these kinds of uh, interests because it's inexpensive. And that's another element that I think, uh, at least initially, when people are talking about blockchain technology is, is low transaction costs in terms of fees. Uh, but this is a pretty, pretty impressive piece of work. Um, there's also an article published in the online version of the art newspaper 
by Sarah Hansen on February 8th that says, unlike resale royalties, which depend on regulation and enforcement, such fractional shares enabled by blockchain technology could be traded independent of the work itself, opening up a path for artists to access market-driven patronage. Mm. Another pretty awesome yeah. statement. Remember when uh, Eminem's producer sold some of his royalties right. recently for and stocks, I guess? So that could be applied on the blockchain, right? That's yeah. kind of what the... Yeah, because it's another right that had been... The, the payment of royalties was another right that was given to... Right. And now they're getting, they're selling those rights, and now you're able to trade them. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of an extension <laughs> of that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah! 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 Hope Eminem's listening. What up, Em? <laughs> uh, second news item. Uh, online art auctions are, are losing money. This is the... Um, this is actually a quote, again, in the art newspaper by Edward Dolman, chief executive of Phillips Auction House, that auction houses lose money on an average online auction valued at $2,000. He's quoted as saying, blockchain is the nearest thing to something that might help here because you might, in some instances, take the role of expert out. It's another thing, you know, when we talk about the middlemen, an expert, of course, is a middleman and, and doesn't necessarily eliminate the necessity. For Middlemen expert. are necessary, for right. sure. But right. Some things are a little bit wasteful. Yeah, it could be in terms of the. You could pay an expert outright versus having them earn and have a interest in the transaction. I think those are two separate things. They can make an evaluation. That cost could be known, and then the value would be independent of the expert's input. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. So it's in the print edition of March 2018. Next thing is DJ Gareth Emery. He launches uh, his blockchain solution for the music industry. It's called Tune. Came out this month. Uh, and this is, how many have we seen so far with DJs? This is like three? Uh, a few, yeah, at least. That's, uh, since we started doing the podcast. Um, his comment with regard to, you know, why bother, why blockchain? And he is saying, in the, at least in this interview, that it doesn't make sense to try to build upon the present industry structure because there are so many stakeholders who want their cut. So he's trying to come up with a new way for uh, musicians or for uh, money to be made in the music industry. According to the Forbes article where this was published, users and fans will be able to purchase music using the note token. Um, Tune also has monetize, a monetized playlist where fans can make money off their playlist only if the artist allows this to happen. So that's another input the artist can have in the in the you know the money money making aspect of it. Um, so if they if they don't want to be on that curator's playlist, then they can deny that. Right. Hmm. It's a it's an opt in. Interesting. Uh, in the tune platform, the artist has to own 100% of the music. That's another in interesting element because that is obviously a problem with other streaming and other kinds of uh, uh, opportunities in blockchain is if if you're trying to deal with work that has the record label's interest and and the uh, business manager's interest, all those people are trying to be part of this. Ultimately, they might say no. You don't. <laughs> You don't get to take advantage of this opportunity. This is truly for the independent musicians right. right now. And how do they know if the artist is the sole controller? I'm not sure how they're going to verify it, but um, 
the artist rights go through a centralized database called GraceNote, and I think GraceNote verifies. Uh, I know they at least do that with uh, uh, digital music, and they do that with CDs. So it's kind of a mix of centralized and decentralized elements of this platform. Uh, they're creating smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain, and the identity of purchasers is kept private. You know, good or bad, it's, it's, I guess if the fan wants the artist to know, they can do that voluntarily. It won't be uh, dependent on the purchase. So there's something to be said about that. Uh, so this is an interview with Andrew Rossow on Forbes, March 3rd, 2018. So we have a link to that. I think I'm in their Telegram group, too. They have a Telegram group. Okay. Uh, 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 next thing is, is just technology related, but I wanted to uh, bring it to everyone's attention. Techno Medivio, or Medivo, Art of Age of Future Reloaded. It's the exhibit from March 1st to June 16th, 2018, at the Museum of the Order of St. John in collaboration with Techno Modivo and the Sir Dennis Mahan Charitable Trust. They're hosting an exhibition entitled Age of Future Reloaded Scenes, Visions, and Fragments from an Alternative History, St. John's Gate, Clerkenwell, London. Artists include Giotano Muratore, Gabriele Berti, Marcello Puccioli, Leonardo Passeri, and it's curated by Marcello Puccioli. We have a link to that. It's really cool. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and then the fifth thing, you know, thanks to folks who were following us on our meetup as well as on our, we talked to on our on the chats and uh, follow us on Twitter, the Centralized Art Show in Austin. March 12th, 2018, it's at South by Southwest Decentralized Art Show at Austin, um, March 9th to the 18th. Artists who are interested can still participate. We'll have a link. It's uh, it's being filtered through Steemit. So I want to thank uh, It's Me Boss Lady, Summer's World, and Stella Bell for giving us this information. Yep, shout out to them. And that's Great. it. That's our top five. Excellent. All right. So we have Jessica Angel in the studio, our second live guest. We're thankful to have her here. Um, she is uh, somebody that we met in um, New York about a month and a half ago, and she then had a Telegram room open up that's very popular, the uh, Decentralized Art Project. Yes, Art Project Decentralized. So... Um, she actually uh, moderates the room. She's here now. Um, she, do she does a lot of live uh, or big installation pieces. And uh, we're going to have a chat with her about, um, you know, her role in the blockchain, um, mm -hmm. crypto, all that stuff. So yep. welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. Very talented <laughs> artist. And um, so where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Bogota, Colombia. <laughs> I was born and raised there, moved to New York in 2009. I went to art school there, and I was uh, working around painting, a little bit of installation work, and the concepts behind my work had to do, or still do, uh, with information mm -hmm. as the core of how we perceive reality. Um, I've been studying a little bit of um, philosophy, like Michel Foucault, kind of like the um, French... 1960s philosophers who okay. address information as uh, the building blocks of how we perceive reality and how information 
is different in every era and how information builds what we believe to be the truth. And okay. blockchain kind of is interesting in the sense that it has to do with legitimation. And the, the concept of the truth becomes a little bit uh, more fixed when you think about blockchain with the ability of actually recording hardcore uh, information in a way that is immutable. Mm -hmm. So I find that really interesting. So back then in 2008, I was doing uh, paintings that had to do with uh, information from different perspectives. Uh, uh, the newspaper, magazines, like uh, contracts, mm -hmm. uh, legal documents, and kind of addressing how legitimation has to do with a, a written paper or something that has a, a backup. Okay. So um, the work kind of shifted into uh, some, somehow addressing the digital world because it's the life, the time where I am. Right. So I felt like talking about legal documents or talking about paper money or talking about was a little bit uh, romantic in a sense. And I felt that I was being nostalgic. So it's like, I think I have to talk about information in my time. So I started working with a kind of text that had to do with um, uh, pixels and like aesthetically driving my attention towards the digital world. Mm -hmm. Yep. With that said, you're in DC now mm -hmm. and you're doing a piece. Yes. Yes. Involving that. It's a... So I saw like the ETH Denver pieces and stuff. They're really cool looking. I'm trying mm -hmm. to... What what are you doing like when, with the it's like i'm gonna go there later today i'm gonna see this firsthand but yes like what how does it relate to the blockchain like can you give us well where is it first uh first <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. the piece is at the um, um idb inter i don't know in spanish inter-american development inter-american developing inter-american developing development okay bank right so it's right down there on new york avenue that's right mm-hmm so I was invited there because they are having a show. It's not precisely about blockchain, but I'm trying to push it on the side. Okay. Because uh, they didn't really know that I was working around blockchain. Um, I, Do they know I what blockchain across, is? They kind of do. Uh, they have their IT guy who mm -hmm. does know, who likes it. And okay. we're trying to put together a little panel around it and try to bring the idea of blockchain to the bank. Mm -hmm. They're kind of cool, though. I've been to a couple events down there in the creative economy. There was mm -hmm. an orange economy. Yep. And yes. They have two spaces for yes. artists. They have yes. Um, the the bank employees have their own gallery. Yes. And then there's a really cool like there was an installation on uh, virtual reality. I think mm -hmm. this past summer. So it's really if you haven't been down there, anyone in the you know vicinity, check it out because it's actually really it's a cool building and there's some really nice art that mm -hmm. I've seen. So, so just to, to go back a little bit where I come from and how I ended up in blockchain, mm -hmm. um, I was so so the work had to do with information. Then I ended up kind of creating this sort of zoom in into the world of bits of information, like how can I see kind of go sightseeing if I could be like somehow Tron. Let's okay. imagine that sure. you could be like like a bit of information traveling through the channels where this happens electricity bits mm -hmm. and like light no light or whatever right like, how can i create an imaginary around this so um i started creating these sort of kind of urban landscapes 
uh, that are really large, my intention was to make uh, the person, the visitor, the audience feel really small so they actually feel that they're diving into this world. They're immersed in it. That they're immersed in it. And uh, that led me to uh, make this huge art project that covered 9,000 square feet of surface that had to do with pretty much the same idea making making people feel really small in this large museum space it was an installation 45 feet uh, high and it was taking over this museum and then uh, Jason Teutsch uh, the founder of Truebit saw my work there hmm. and uh, he contacted me last year in late October asking me if I was interested in creating of visual manifestations, an artistic representation of a software bridge that they were building, which is the Doge Ethereum bridge. Right. I knew a little bit about blockchain, but I was a little bit afraid of jumping in because it felt too technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I was, you know, presented with this challenge, he said, "If you want to build a bridge, an actual bridge, think big. Uh, we'll give you the bounty." Like all the, the money do- the that The Doge we get. Ethereum bounty that was yes. put out in like early January of 2016, I, think I believe. It doesn't, no, I think that's been around for longer, way well, longer. Well, Ethereum kind of hit the public in 2015. And then yes. I th- uh, the first time I saw it on Reddit was January 2016. Okay. But it might have been earlier. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, I think it's earlier. It, the, the bounty's been was out, but nobody was kind of touching it for a while. So now in October... it wasn't worth much. Right, right. And now it became worth now a lot became, when Ethereum yep. went from $0.80 cents to like <laughs> hundreds exactly. of dollars. Exactly. So it gave an incentive to get artists and get the collaboration going I imagine right to get the collaboration I don't know if their their incentive was necessarily to involve artists okay uh, that's a good hond see that's yeah. that's what we were talking about we were wondering well she Cynthia specifically asked yeah. me she like how did cause we were looking at the old reddit post and how was it art incentivized like and how it wasn't at all because mm-hmm. the the issue was how do you build the thing from a technological perspective and there wasn't a lot of activity I mean, it seems like no it's activity, been a yeah. year since anybody's even done it. Uh, because it's also a hard thing to do. It's not that you do a, a round trip sort of solution. You have to pretty much build two bridges there. Because the, right. if you. The Doge and the, the Doge, Ethereum. They just behave differently. You have to do two. And they have to talk to each other and trust each other somehow in a trustless. In different ways. Yeah. Yes. So, so that was a huge undertaking. And, um, so they reached out to you basically yes. because art is a way to kind of explain that better maybe? or Well, because they saw my work right. that had that sort of digital vibe where you could feel that you're inside the digital world. Okay. So they thought that inviting me to create this bridge physically would somehow... Uh, create a little bit of awareness around the blockchain okay, and right. to to kind of drive people into the space. So, which uh, art, art in the blockchain seems to do? It, exactly. That's a good, it's a good uh, bridge in general for the mainstream to the technical. Exactly. Tech. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a, a easing yeah, things yeah. out for for people who may not want to go too deep into like what's happening. Right. So what I proposed for this project was to create a bridge that somehow uh, reflected upon unification and not necessarily two ends Mm -hmm. so i was like okay a bridge that you can actually walk on i was asking like what do you want how big do you want it think big i'm like okay i'm gonna think big here (laughs) so i propose a bridge i first started to think about the idea of the bridge it's a really beautiful concept like 
just the concept of bridge is like right. you can play so much around it, bridging people together, bridging uh, different dis- yeah disciplines, ideas. But, 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 but the bridge itself enhances a duality that I wasn't so interested in. Uh, so I proposed a bridge that it's the, the Mobius Bridge. It's a pedestrian bridge. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, and it's like a Mobius strip. I saw I, yours, yeah. I right. thought it was really interesting to play with that, also because I'm interested in geometrical four-dimensional forms. Yeah. So I was like, I want to go, keep going my direction, right. you know? So um, the fact that my work is large, it stays up for long, uh, makes it somehow a platform for other things to happen. So what I try to do is invite people to create uh, talks, lectures inside the space, other artists, musicians, uh, video video projections. So I try to open the space for, for collaborations and interactions and to activate the space and keep it um, moving. So uh, that's one, one of the other reasons why they wanted me because they said, we want you to create a public programming in the in the bridge that engages people. is that what the east denver thing that's that, one of the things that east denver was that denver was that like the first to. first one where a bunch of artists in a hackathon where you came together for that collaboration idea for this yes exactly so um we put together the idea of this maker space in order to gather all these people that have been trying to reach out through this telegram channel mm-hmm. um and get the ideas together of how to connect the artwork to the blockchain, how to create physical manifestations of the inner work is, art workings mm-hmm. of the blockchain. And it was it was really successful. We had people from music to video projections to uh, robotics and like uh, even status, like, you know, programmers to actually get together into a dialogue like how can we actually make this happen and this was East Denver so this was a conference that was not just an art conference thing it was like actual developer conference a couple hackathon a couple weeks ago few weeks ago that's right in Denver and um, then the artists that came in the programs the only thing that they needed to do was it kind of involve blockchain or could it be anything or in this bridge yes well Ideally, we want all the art that happens inside this installation to be related to blockchain, to somehow represent and uh, you know show what happens in blockchain. So we have a script, for example, with status that is uh, they have a DAP called Whisper Mailbox, mm-hmm. and we were connecting the script to a bunch of LED lights, so you can send a, a text message and see a physical representation when someone receives it. So making those connections between physical and real, uh, tangible. Right. Um, We created another one that was super fun. We did a block that you would have to hit and it would be like the mining block. And then you just like hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it until you would get the reward of seeing the lights uh, on a wall kind of around a design that is inspired by a kind of block like a tesseract like a four dimensional cube Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like kind of putting all these things together Um, and ideas like for example creating uh, a physical blockchain an architecture for the art project so when you do the proof of work you can actually create a block in the blockchain 
So, you know, it wouldn't be just what happens in the blockchain to be represented on the wall or on the space, but whatever we do on the space could actually have an impact on a blockchain. So, you know, it's just kind of having fun with it. This is Thea Goodman. Thea Goodman. You are now tuned into Crypto Creative Podcast Art on the Blockchain Memetics. What was the best idea that came out of that, in your opinion, like for, for your... I think I think that one was a, a good idea to kind of revert the dynamics of what happens in the art installation to have an impact on the blockchain. Uh, we were thinking, yeah, either mining a block or some people came with, up with ideas of, oh, we could create kind of a game. Obviously, we would need to, to, to compete in order for it to work. Um, or like perhaps like getting like a, a little... I don't know, uh, thing you can run on or something like that. So I think that's that's interesting. It's something that I had not, <clears throat> sorry, thought about. Uh-huh. And uh, and then we are actually working on with Sina uh, Habibian. He's one of the developers at Truebit, and okay. he's leading that project of building the blockchain for for the art structure. What is Truebit? So Truebit is a uh, solution for verification and um, computational power off-chain. So what they're doing is creating these bridges that uh, I think they use like Turing machine games, verification games, Mm -hmm. in order to to create the verification. Uh, They have a whole system of rewarding and creating a like a a false error because there's the dilemma if there's no errors then uh, people won't feel motivated to try and find anything that is wrong so so there's like forced errors i mean it's i'm not an expert in the subject but uh yeah they're doing scale scalability and verification solutions off chain off chain stuff yes Mm -hmm. and is okay well I imagine the Doge ETH thing is their main focus right now. Well, yes, it is. They just finished it and it is a proof of concept in the sense that, you know, they are actually able to do this. So is that is that something that's released soon or now or is like so like if I get some Dogecoin, I guess I put it into a kind of like a lightning network almost seems like you put it into a channel so you have it and then it stays there and then it becomes ETH Doge. And then when you, you can play with it on the Ethereum blockchain, and then to, if I want to stop that, then I would uh, get the Doge back onto the other chain, right? It's kind of like swappability. That's a little bit hard for me to explain. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm all about the art. The art part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I have a question about the participants. So was yes. it kind of a, a pop-up in the sense that people can participate, you know, at will, or are they can forever engaged in this so if they if they participate in denver are they forever engaged Mm -hmm. in the immutability element of it or is it something that eh, i can be on it today and not be on it tomorrow uh i think it's more of a flexible thing and that's something about this project is that um it's really it's kind of early we started and you know the proposal i put the proposal in late december it's only been two months but we have a short uh deadline for having the structure built by the end of the summer so everything kind of is happening organically and it's shaping as we go so uh the participants who came to eat denver they can commit full time if they want and 
totally develop their idea further in order to have it be in the final piece. If they feel like they don't want to do it anymore, it's okay, you know. And if new people want to join, it's all about like who's rigorous enough to actually make it. Where's the final piece going to be at? So we are working on different locations. We haven't secured one yet because of there's permits. This is the structure is 23 by 35 by That's 40. That's the Mobius. That's the Mobius Klein bottle. Okay. I was yeah, I, I didn't finish explaining how I ended up in the Klein bottle because I started with the Mobius strip, which was this bridge that I liked. Mm -hmm. And then the Mobius strip, if you if you get the ends together, you end up with a Klein bottle. And then the cool thing about the Klein bottle is that it's an enclosed space that can actually provide that uh, area where you could have these events at. It's like a maze kind of It's kind there. of like a maze, exactly. Uh, but what was your question? I'm sorry. Can we go back to your question? Uh, um, you were asking uh, where it's going to go. Where it's going to go, yeah. So, um, so we have different options. One is Governor's Island. Uh, the other option is Central Park and Fort Green Park is another option. And then we have a couple of uh, privately owned spaces that are outdoors mm -hmm. that seem to be really good because regulations are a little easier than, than a, a pub, an actual public it, space. Is this going to be something that you plan on having up for a while? or Yes, at least three or four months, okay. yes. And then my initial idea was for this object to be able to be dissembled and travel, mm -hmm. uh, but that has like crazy, crazy costs, so yeah. we're kind of figuring out what to do. Uh, the Den um, Vancouver Biennale is interested in perhaps bringing it, so... Okay. You know, Very we're cool. just like... <laughs> and, and the people working on this, like the hackathon and further yes. on that's going on, they're, they're also participating to get bounties, probably, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So if they make the final piece, will they be rewarded with some kind of insert, yes, uh, absolutely. bounty? Yes, absolutely. So the bounty initially, we have... Uh, we, we're like, as I was saying, flexible. Initially, we wanted to do five bounties of $5,000, but then talking to the artists, uh, some of them are teams, and then you, they would have to travel, lodging, $5,000 may yeah. not be that much. So maybe uh, maybe just narrowing to three teams, $10,000 each. So those are things that we're still figuring out. Okay. Uh, the bounty itself ended up being a little less than we thought, obviously because the crash, it's like almost half of what it was when they proposed. Uh -huh. So there's all these variables that we're working with uh, in regards to how much money we actually have. Right. Because it's an ETH right, ether right now. Right. So whatever so, the ether is worth at the time. Yes, is what you're exactly. Get but it's hard because you have to work <laughs> with a fabricator and a structural engineer. Like, yeah. how are you going to handle that, right? Right. Uh, so we have another backup plan with Robbie um, Bent, who's a Trubit COO, who's actually pushing this mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of uh, strength and force and drive um, to, you know, find other sources of of funding. Um, yeah, Status is putting a, a whole lot of effort into this, and they're also uh, looking forward to, you know, support the project. Definitely. Question about, like, I'm sure there's some sort of curation element for you that you're looking at a couple of things. Yes. Uh, so what are the elements? Because it seems like functionality, of course, the programmers where the developers want certain functionality yes. and that's not necessarily attractive right then <laughs> there's versus the 
interactivity where I know you want people to get engaged. Yes. And then the aesthetically pleasing, which yes. is another element of it. So mm-hmm. how are you all sharing these roles? Because I, I would imagine myself, I'd if I had it, wanted it a physical thing, I'd want it to be as aesthetically pleasing yes. and engaging versus functionality. And cohesive. I'd, I'd, I'd give up on the functionality if if it looked nice and it, I had the interactivity that I wanted. But so can talk about yes uh so with status we're also developing another proposal they uh put up in github i can share it with you it's really cool uh it's kind of a scavenger hunts game okay. uh that you have t- it's 11 different stations and you have to go throughout the space uh finding clues in order to get to the next station but each one of the clues is a word and then you will find a seed Okay. So that is a good way to somehow teach about like what a seed is, like for your private you know, key. For your private key, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you get the reward if you're the person who gets to the last station because you get the whole, the whole key. That's cool. Mm. So that's like the functionality of it and the concept behind behind it. I think is really cool. In regards to aesthetics, we are working with Lindy Wilkins um, and Jane Hacker. And they are, they're based in Toronto. They came to East Denver. And we're with them working how this is going to be represented visually and aesthetically and with the digital components that are the LED lights or the sounds that are connected to it. So um, in a curatorial sense, I'm not really that worried about it. I think uh, we have a lot of material. We have a lot of people who are... Uh, really looking forward to contribute and um, I think it's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. I just was yes. thinking about there's a lot of moving parts but there's is it going to look cool? It's going to look amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, your, your, sure. your design looks cool because from <laughs> every angle of the Mobius Klein bottle it looks yes. like a different thing. Yes. Like, and I, I didn't know what a Klein bottle was. So oh my God. I've learned I'm, about I'm it in the chat a little bit. It, it's mind-bending. <laughs> yeah. Completely mind-bending. It's a really interesting object that if you understand like how that works in a fourth dimension mm-hmm. it's like super amazing yeah I so all our listeners uh, look that up look up a Klein bottle yeah the Klein bottle blow is. your mind and, and and most people in the space in the crypto space know about it because mm-hmm. they know a lot about mathematics so it the seems to be a very people like me are yeah users, developers don't know, know about the Klein <laughs> bottle I was impressed like oh, okay yeah mm-hmm. so yeah it'll be a, a pretty interesting experience the other thing about curation that I've the part that I've found hard is that the team uh, strives or wants to somehow manage this in a decentralized way and that's why uh, with the telegram chat uh, our art project decentralized Mm -hmm. that is difficult like when if you you want to curate something in the decentralized way like what are we talking about here um, so we want to use this first project as a window or like as a launch pad for the decentralized art community in order to be able to gather funds and create new projects again. So this is like the first one of a, of a generation of different projects to come. So this decentralized art community is being managed by me and Holly Chang mm-hmm. and uh we are who's partnering ho- who's holly again she, holly is another person who liked the project she's like i'm okay. game i'm in i know about community i know how to put events together okay. uh, i want to contribute cool. like 
pretty much everybody in, in the, who's related to the project is mostly because they think it's cool and they just want to be right. part of it. And um, so yeah, how do you how do you govern the the decentralized? Because that's, that's I've seen yes. you talk about that. That's why we were talking about governance. Yeah, then. yeah. Uh, we're talking to Aragon to Luke from Aragon. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know him. I know what uh, Aragon Duncan, is. Luke Duncan mm -hmm. and Giveth. Uh, do you know Giveth? Mm -hmm. They are uh, creating a platform on, on how to uh, give funds in a decentralized way using voting systems or using uh, systems that have to do with uh, rewards that people earn from uh, their engagement in the community. So, so that's a giveth and Aragon. Like, how are we going to govern this um, decentralize our community? It's still in its very early stages, but it looks really promising. Sure. Yes. There's a lot of activity yes. in the Telegram room. Anybody yes, can join. Is. That's part that wants to contribute. Is that anybody can join? And decentralized mm -hmm. art. Well, how does it? How do you? Do you tell? We it? actually don't have name like this art project doesn't even have a name yet it right. seems like we may have found one at ETH Denver somebody was like do you guys have a name I'm like I don't think so we're calling our project art project which is kind of lame yeah, kind of but you know it's like what it is it's right. like okay I'll make an art project okay it's an art project you know it's just as I was saying it's shaping as we go uh, so since the client bottle has like an entrance and then it has like this tunnel kind of bridge that bridges into itself creating a space uh, someone was like oh how about we call it enter the rabbit hole which mm. is an expression that people use a lot sure, in the yeah, blockchain space yeah this, I don't know why <laughs> yes because do. you really have the to go down hole. the rabbit hole to yeah. discover this stuff because if you you mm -hmm. know, it starts with one idea and then all of a sudden yes. you find yourself branching and going yeah, so many different ways. Yeah, and once you're in, there's pretty much no way out. Yeah. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> and it's a really wonderful space. I feel really comfortable in, in the space coming from the art world. Right. That it's very uh, dry in a sense and a little bit harder you know manage and I, I feel really comfortable in this space people are really friendly there's like the sense of community it's like really a very generous and vibrant space yeah a lot so, of ideas a lot of ideas and and a lot of uh generosity i feel yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh maybe it'll be called uh enter the rabbit hole i like that it sounds, like a, sounds like a pink floyd album uh, yes right <laughs> enter the rabbit hole and then the decentralized art community some people want to call it a decentralized art collective. Some people have ideas the art, art decentralized autonomous uh, community. We don't know yet. Right. So if you guys have ideas, please give share, it a name. Share them in the uh, notes yes, section. Yes, please. Um, uh, going back to the DC. So this DC event that you're at today. Yes. Which will have passed by the time you all hear this, but we'll let you know about it. But um. Is it any blockchain related for this piece? It is not blockchain related, unfortunately, because I was uh, commissioned to do it before I was blockchain space. Okay. Uh, but it is a little bit, it's related to the future. It, it is related to the fourth industrial revolution, which is something that they work with a lot in terms of how can we merge uh, different uh, sciences, let's say, from biology to astronomy to technology to uh all sorts of advancements in human knowledge okay. so uh, it is a kind of like a futuristic version of fashion it has to do with fashion okay. uh, so yeah what I'm providing with this show is a sort of stage for for the fashion to live All right. uh, yeah I'm yeah it's a pretty cool one mm-hmm 
Yo, 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 this is Joe Looney tuned into the Crypto Creative Podcast Art on the Blockchain with hosts Cynthia Gaten and Jay Skrilla. Have you been able to explain crypto to your parents? Uh, I haven't even tried, but I've tried to explain it to my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is like not really interested. He doesn't really want to know much about it. He, I think he's kind of a skeptical. He doesn't believe that it has a future. Okay. Uh, but to my friends, um, what I try to kind of, I use an analogy. It's a, like New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, New York was built as a, it was not a funded city. It's not like someone came and brought the church and created mm-hmm. the city and we're going to build the city. It just kind just of happened. happened because of its location, because it's a port, and just because it became a place for commerce. Mm-hmm. And when I see blockchain and the future of blockchain and and seeing that blockchain responds to a necessity for value and a necessity for commerce in a sense mm-hmm. of the exchange of value uh, gives me gives me a makes me feel really good about the future of it because for some reason all that we humans do if it starts there it seems like it's legit in the sense that we can trust each other you know we're doing something here that it's outside uh, you know values that have to do with morals or ethics or anything like that it's just pure um, necessity organically but it's it responds to a necessity so what's the um, necessity to you for the blockchain Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, truthness verification Mm -hmm. the fact that i can trust you and that you know Trust me in a decent or in a trustless way in a trustless way exactly Mm -hmm. but why why I'll be the dissenter on this because people can put lies on the blockchain and it's and it's immutable and it's yes. and all those things and it's like when when people ask me specifically about copyright that's the yeah. thing that people ask me about and I was like yeah just because you posted it there and you took a picture and you're saying that it's yours doesn't mean that it really is mm-hmm. now how do you change that Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have an answer, but people, you can also have immutable lies as mm-hmm. well as that's immutable true. truth. Do you, yeah. Do <laughs> yeah. you think that that's? I mean, that's obviously an issue. But yeah. How but, can we solve that, or is that something that you're worried about? Mm, that's a good point. I was thinking. I tend to think of the blockchain. Do you remember in the decentralized uh, chat we were talking about provenance, and I brought the idea of uh, uh, the genealogy of history. That it's uh, the, the things that were never told that kind of get outside of the radar or like history doesn't doesn't tell those things. It just tells the big accomplishments or right, certain right. things that only serve the status quo, let's sure. say. It's kind of a construction that Person is not. Person with the power tells the so, history. So if we're thinking about lies in that sense, I mean, everything, it's built out of lies, and you know? Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe if you just like upload the truth parallel to it you think the truth overpowers the lies is that what you mean what is that like the truth overpowers the lies eventually is that what you're i mean it's just a different difficult thing to talk about or to tackle because what is the truth and what how do you that's what i was talking about information Mm -hmm. uh what legitimizes the truth i can also create a fake document and and say that it is real like what is the instance that is going to address that and and say that it is not real or that it is not valid or that it's not legit i don't know i mean it could happen in the blockchain it could happen anywhere else you right. know 
Yeah. I'm not worried about that. I'm only in t- to the extent that my concern is that people should be able to feel to counter something if it turns out, you know, because historically things turn out not to be true. Smoking used to be, consider- you know, was exactly given as a prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. not true. <laughs> we find out later. But uh, if you feel, you know, some with technology especially, people tend to not want to question uh, science or technology because they don't feel comfortable. And so that's that's one of my worries about this is that mm-hmm. somehow or another, because, oh, it's, it's immutable and it's fixed, that somehow mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able, that people aren't going to feel comfortable um, countering once the truth comes comes forward but why wouldn't they feel comfortable if people don't if they're all the against time. it people it's it's quite remarkable huh. how people uh don't feel comfortable when in the face of a phd as an example <laughs> or in the face right. of an attorney yes uh they won't feel comfortable saying well you must be wrong about that because this has been my experience right um that's and that's that's an ongoing thing. It has nothing to do specifically with blockchain, yeah. but I'm just. Mm-hmm. just uh, you think the blockchain is kind of uh, the people in the blockchain atmosphere are in in this kind of what we're describing? Like they want to see the copyright laws kind of gone in a new way of this happening. Is that because that I think that worries lawyers. Like Cynthia talks about that a lot. Right? Like you, like if you if I had a decentralized music platform and I uploaded a Al Green album. Mm-hmm. You know, in the traditional sense, that's that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Like I could, you know, I, you shouldn't be able to take Al Green's works. And but you still do it, and if you do it, and, and that's something I think the w- the l- latest conversation we we're having there. Mm-hmm. I was having a hard time kind of following because I was really sure. busy with those other things. Uh, but um, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Mm. I'm not so concerned about copyright. Uh, in, in a sense, I'm a, as an artist, mm-hmm. I perceive art as one of the three main branches of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So let's say art, philosophy, and science. So let's say as a scientist or as a philosopher, you're somehow constructing, you're creating mm-hmm. from scratch. What happens is after this is created, then there's a whole branching out from each one of these main Taking circles. Taking the ideas and re- so so yeah, it's imminent that whatever you build or do is gonna somehow uh, have an impact, and that would be actually a you know an, an honor, piece. an honor, an art piece. Exactly. <laughs> when it comes to copyright, what is what is our concern about it that somebody else is gonna make more money than I? From what I did, mm-hmm. is that is that well, I'm just, where you no, come from? No, no, I I don't come from that. I'm just wondering because um, I I mean I sample many yeah, artists doing music. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I, I I you know I have a more sense that like you know uh, every all the ideas in humanity are open source pretty yes, much. Exactly. But there are copyright laws that I have to mm-hmm. abide by, it, and sometimes I do, right. sometimes I don't. And you know, yeah. but I just wonder because I when I talk to you know and you know. Cynthia is, uh, I feel like she's a lawyer, so she's on yes. the total, like, the law, law side of things. Like, that's have how her she here. practices. Yeah. Yeah. And she kind of checks me on some of that stuff. And, mm. you know, I think. I, I, I don't want anybody to get in trouble, but, yes, but I understand true. that, no, you know, in, in many respects, I mean, you can trace a song back to the, the first beating on a, on a, on a piece drum. of, yeah, you know, a piece of skin. Yes. I mean, but <laughs> if you're going to do, if you're going to do that, 
because mm-hmm. that seems to be a trend now mm-hmm. is you're finding there's music patterns the uh, um, Pharrell and uh, Robin Thicke uh, sure. Al Green well not Al Green uh, sorry Marvin Gaye mm-hmm. alleged you know copy yes um, if if you did that if you brought things back to their logical conclusion with regard to Marvin Gaye's song then you could go all the way you could go back a hundred years where Marvin Gaye's rhythm perhaps or or uh, the Riff, the scales rhythm. or whatever was was similar to something that was a hundred sure. years prior so if you yeah. if you're gonna do that you have to be be very careful about yes. doing something like that yes, because it's true. all derivative but to the extent that you, I'm, I'm personally interested, and that was part of the reason why I got interested in this, is saying, okay, the copyright laws are archaic, not because people shouldn't have rights to what they create. It's archaic because the the idea of uh, the property value of the artist is diminished by the interests of labels and other people. Mm-hmm. Not so much the artists. The artists tend to not, you know, they don't think, make the the money either usually. Well, and and they're not as in, they understand that their works are derivative in many respects. Yes. So it's really hard for them to say stick a, you know something in the ground that says all of this is mine and all of it came from my my head. So I'm interested in this because well, how can artists as the owner of the thing that they create because that's supposed to be the way it's done mm-hmm. set up a system where they think it would be fair for themselves because the attorney's position is going to be different from the label's position versus right. you know the the uh, um, Spotify. I mean everybody's going to have a different position but what mm-hmm. is this this is an opportunity to me that artists can define what they think the rights should be. Yes. Um and just like how Bitcoin defined like a peer, you know a currency set, yeah. getting rid of all the middlemen <laughs> this is kind of Art is the same way. That this is kind of yes, living like where it's like... Yeah, it's like when you have your heart wallet, you're your own bank. Right, exactly. <laughs> so like when you have an art piece and you don't need to go you're, through you it. You are your own galleries, your own yeah. label. Yes, yes. No, I think that's great. I, I am totally uh, an advocate for that. I think right. it's amazing. But I feel that uh, in the space... Uh, artists are seen as like victims and I don't like that. Right. It's like, oh, the artist needs a, di- a dime yeah. and then the blockchain will give them two more dimes that right. they can get. And you know what I'm saying? Right. And I feel more the artists and my position, for example, here is no, we are actually as artists going to legitimize the blockchain. Bring it, you know, make it uh, accessible, make it understandable. It's not so much what the blockchain can do for me, but what can I do for the blockchain? Interesting. Yeah. Yes. The paternalistic, you know, yes. idea and patronizing, that just has to has to go. Yes, I hate that. <laughs> that has to go. We're not victims. Right. Right. When when yeah. artists talk about money, we kind of talked about it before. People are like, "Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you want to get you paid? want money? <laughs> right, you're an artist. This, Don't you do this because you just are just love you like this? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Sometimes that's true. It's not. Yeah, you know, but you gotta eat. You gotta <laughs> eat. But as an artist, like you know what you're getting into, yeah. and if you really want to be an artist, it's because you think you, that you're an artist as you're a philosopher or a scientist. If you're a crazy scientist in in a lab, you're not thinking about that. You're really thinking about creating, and I think that what art art is that. It's right. like a crazy scientist making experiments in a lab. And people who like art, then. If they want more of that particular art, then, you know, they want to incentivize the artist to keep doing it. So if they're not making money and they got to go wash dishes and can't do as much art, then, (laughs) you know, there has to be some kind of play between each other where, yeah, I'm going to wash each other's hands. They have to be buying their own thing 
in order to actually go ahead and try and be artists yeah. before anything else. So for great art to happen, then you listeners <laughs> need to go out and support the, the art that you like, please. But one thing about the crypto space that I've found is that it, when I say generosity, I'm seeing Trubit supporting my project. Mm -hmm. Dash inviting me to do this art piece and paying me in crypto, which is great. Mm -hmm. I remember you were saying that at at uh, our panel together right. we're talking about how artists can get rewarded or uh yeah you crypto, diversify your your you your bonds your, to say yes. yeah because uh -huh. um and that's more what i see in terms of art and blockchain it's not so much the the digital art or the digital asset embedded in the blockchain but the blockchain space supporting art right and that you that's a nice seg so how <laughs> talking about the rare rare dot mm -hmm. af conference um in january um you were on stage with a couple people and uh, jessica from and dj pepe mm -hmm. <laughs> i wanted to ask you personally how was it being on stage with uh, a meme talking uh, it was a little bit disruptive yes. because it was unexpected <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> yes but it was fun right. it was fun um I, I felt like it was like a little bit out of place somehow <laughs> I don't know. Did you know where he was? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no idea. That okay. <laughs> I was like, what's happening here? It's almost like an alarm just like went off. It was disruptive, it was like the blockchain. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see Q tuned into the Crypto Creative Podcast Art on the blockchain with host Cynthia Gaten and Jay Skrilla, 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 Skrilla. All right. So um, this is a question Cynthia actually uh, posed. Um, are there cultural differences that you have noticed about U.S. versus Europe or other nationals' attitudes towards blockchain and cryptocurrency? Mm, well, I don't know the space that well, but at ETH Denver, I got to talk to different people from different places. Uh, I felt like mm, people in Europe... Uh, I don't know. They are a little bit less. Um, I don't know. They're like hogging more. There's there's not as much as openness mm. with with the space. I felt, but I'm not sure if that's right. It was just a feeling. It was like oh, like totally. the ideas are hogged. You mean? Yes, the ideas are hogged. It's a little more like secretive somehow. Like this is what I'm working on. Not so much like the sharing attitude that I perceive. Uh, Okay. Gringos have. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting because we talked to Creative Chain, uh -huh, and okay. um, they're going into South America. There's Spanish speaking, yeah. and so they. Yeah. I found in watching their their chat that um, they're advocates of sharing mm -hmm. in a vigilant <laughs> way. Yeah. Um, okay. That it's not. It's not necessarily a uh, I would say a friendly thing is like this is how it should be we should be sh should be sharing and I was just wondering if there was if you had noticed any cultural differences because I I tend from what I am reading in the chats mm -hmm. um, think Americans or the United States might have a uh, an economic more economic driven versus this is a cultural movement Yes. And so I was just wondering if you had felt, if you'd seen it. Uh, no, I mean, very slightly I felt that, but it may be just a perception. I'm, I'm not, I couldn't say like, that's the way it is, you know. Uh, 
But I do see, for example, in the chats, in the Pepe chat, I've talked to a bunch of people who are like, oh, you're Colombian. All these people from Venezuela, for example. Yeah. Like, you can see the differences, of course, there because they're in radical opposites of, you know, their economical um, situation. And their attitude towards the blockchain is like a, almost like it's going to save us. Well, you yeah, know? right. So, yeah, it kind of totally is depends. for the people that know about blockchain Venezuela because they, yes. they can actually make something that's worth something. The Boulevard is yeah, worth something. Yeah, and that, it, that it's somehow off the grid, right? Right, right. Even yeah. though they're, they're using electricity a lot of times free from the government oh, yeah, that's on the true. grid. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Yeah, <time>. so, <laughs> so yeah, no, they, there certainly are different approaches and different sort of uh, expectations uh, placed on the blockchain depending on. On the situation of every individual, for sure. The when you the rare Pepe stuff. I mean, is that something that you heard about before uh, this year? Oh, uh, I mean, I knew about the meme, uh, but I didn't know about the platform or the wallet did until you, the festival, the Rare Arts Festival. But did you, did you? All right, my question, I, I guess, is some people have say, "Oh, Pepe, it's, it's an all right, mm -hmm. uh, KKK." Oh, Did don't you ever even hear that? that. It's stupid. Yeah, dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the coolest um, blockchain <laughs> art or music piece that you have seen? Hmm. I liked. I like the plantoid a lot. That it's a uh, uh, Primavera de Filippi. She created a, a a sculpture that you can feed Bitcoin to it. And then the sculpture is, is going to act as kind of like this sort of robot. So you can um, kind of activate it using Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also, the Bitcoin is also stored in this sort of little governance system for the plantoid to somehow replicate into a new plantoid. Oh, so yeah. the artist will be able to create more of these plantoids. So I, I like that idea of a kind of self-replicating uh, system that she proposed there mm, aesthetically might not be like my favorite thing mm -hmm. but the, idea. Uh, the concept is pretty cool yeah yeah it's I like that one and uh, what is the most exciting development in this space do you think mm. you could plug your project you, if you want to <laughs> no <laughs> but you mean like in a general sense yeah like what uh, are you like most blockchain? excited about in this art on the blockchain art on the blockchain yeah. um i mean i'm excited that it is a an environment it is a space that has resources and that's really awesome for artists indeed mm -hmm. you can create and be rewarded and paid the way you should uh so that's good it's it's a good environment to be at um, and what I find exciting about it is that it's still kind of in a raw state. So it feels like there's so much to do there. There's, I, I like the fact that it's in its early stages and that we somehow shape it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel to me sometimes with the chat, I feel like people are like thinking a priori. Like, oh, it's this or it's that. But like, we really don't know. True. So I like the idea that we are the shapers of the space as it evolves. Okay. That's what I find most exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, are you a trader or a hodler of cryptocurrency? <laughs> uh, I have a little bit, and all of it I've earned through my art making. So I awesome. haven't used my my hard-earned money on it. 
which is good. I think it's a good omen. Check that out, artist. Another another um, <laughs> artist that did not invest but no. has cryptocurrency yes. because they're giving up their artwork and not exactly. their hard-earned cash. Yes. That's a, we're an advocate of that. Yep. <laughs> um, if you were traveling to a deserted island <laughs> okay. with your boo and some free 24-7 internet, which pet would you take? A crypto kitty, a crypto pet, a rare Pepe, or a slothy coin? You can only take one. I'd bring a rare Pepe. Why? I just, I, I'm just in love with Pepe. You gave it, you came in that chat and really like, yeah, you were, <laughs> Jessica was so Yeah, I came into that it. chat and then, I, and then I got booted out. You did? But then I got brought by. Why did you get booted out? I don't know, just silly fights. <laughs> what? I fought with so many people in that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was a prerequisite. I know. I, I can't believe you got booted. <laughs> just like a rule. Who I booted think. you? I don't know. I don't even know. I was just like I don't think they silly. tell you, do they? They don't tell you. Uh, no, no, no. This person is like, did you boot me from your art project decentralized? Now I'm getting you out of mine. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm like, and then I'm sending text messages for the love of Keck. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please be friends again? I need to be back in the Pepe chat. That's funny. Yeah. Are, are you into memes and mem- memeology and keck and all uh, that stuff? I, I, it's it's fun. Is like kind of when you have time A to time thing. to to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think memes are I? I kind of think like a picture paints a thousand words, but uh, a meme paints a thousand ideas. Does that make sense to you? Memes can be pretty strong and pretty. Yeah, they can say a lot. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I like the fact that they're uh, somehow uh, disposable. Like, they only work in a certain window of time when the air feels just like that for the meme to exist. Sure. Yeah. I do think there's a lot of symbolism, just like in, you know, old paintings, ancient paintings, where there's symbols that are represented in, that it's a time capsule. And I think that's definitely going to happen with... Pepe's is that we're, there's going to be studies about it because it is capturing, there's so many of the things are capturing a specific symbol of something that we understand because we're alive now. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to see an, an interpretation just like the interpretation of, you know, 17th century art. Well, this symbol right. must have meant this. Well, we don't, you know, were you there? But yeah, it's going right. to be interesting. What are people going to think about what it represented 100 right. years from now? going to be reconstructions you know? of that of right. reality right right that, mm-hmm. that's but right now it could be documented and immutable <laughs> right that's true <laughs> so they may not have to actually uh guess anything yes. or, or come up with any sort of uh interpretations interpretations of it that's yeah. interesting mm-hmm. yeah but the whole memes i never considered memes like art mm-hmm. but now with this whole thing i'm like oh let me double think. Let, let me give it a second thought. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all new. Uh, to... Yeah, but it is pop culture, yeah. and it is when you think about pop art. Well, like, Andy Warhol would that? definitely be drawing rare peppers. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure he would. I think he would be drawing rare peppers. I don't know about crypto kitties. That might be too popular for him. Crypto kitties are cute, but I don't know why I'm not. Meh. Yeah. And, and there, there's no rareness to them. That's a, that's a big issue too. Like they, they kind of just spread forever. And uh, somebody was talking about how it's kind of like a, um, I'm not a technical person, but it's like an attack. If they're crypto kitties are kind of like an attack. 
I can't explain it. I'm gonna have to get um, Roji Nakamoto on here to explain that. Actually, but what oh, do they ever? Are they ever in different poses? Attack on the network. I mean. Oh, DD, um, DDS or DDoS? Yeah, something. I don't want to say because uh, I'm gonna say it wrong. Okay. But he, he made sense when he told me. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they're always facing forward. <laughs> yes, it's true. I mean, do they? I I I don't. Do they? Have what do they do? Kitties, I don't know. I don't know. We need to get a crypto kitty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We talk about that. Yeah. Why don't they move? I mean, they're kind of cute, but they're just too cute now. It's too much cuteness. Too much cuteness for you? Yes. <laughs> well, it's not like Hello uh, Kitty cuteness. Yes, no. Hello Kitty. I like, I like uh, Pepe's ugliness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the earliest 20, early 21st century will be defined by frogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's next? Because this is obviously taking up a lot of your time. Yes. right now but yes. I'm sure you're already thinking about next <laughs> well not really I'm not really thinking about next after this art structure uh, because it really is a huge challenge and yeah I'm not really I'm not thinking about next I'm thinking about now and I'm thinking about delivering so <laughs> what what will be the like the, the thing will be there yes how are you recording this process yourself is there going to be for example a uh, papers about this or mm -hmm. some representation that people if they weren't able to see it mm -hmm. you know get a yeah. like a symposium or some kind of yes um, so there's different sort of collaborations that I'm trying to um, land with different people one is creating like a VR, exp you know, experiment of the piece inside of it, that it could be either live or recorded. Uh, two, I'm proposing to make a publication after, uh, you know, documenting everything that happened, who collaborated, you know, including photographs and, and texts, perhaps essays uh, about, you know, reflections on art and blockchain. Um, what else are we planning to do? A video uh, that documents. So most of these large pieces that I'm doing, I record the whole process in this sort of a, like time lapse from scratch to completion. So that will be uh, part of that. So yeah. Uh, and then there's other ideas from people to let's tokenize the, the Klein bottle and like have it be because these are panels that are put together it's an aluminum structure uh, to actually be able to make them into smaller pieces that people can take maybe that's one of the ways that we uh, are planning to to get the extra funding that we need uh, by merchandising the fine bottles yeah uh -huh, dividing into pieces and you know with your fourth dimensional added all this in the client mm -hmm. can I, did you experiment with LSD? I did, okay. yes, but I don't think it comes from there. No. Because I have DMT embedded in my brain since I was born. So You've I didn't need to take that. LSD. Okay. Either, you know? <laughs> it's already in our, in our brains. Right. You know? So. But only somebody that took DMT or LSD would answer that that way. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 you know. I've been there with you. I understand. So no, but, but I, I, I just I, I I think it's cool that you you know that you that your art is in that. It's kind of like it's almost like it's DNA. Like some of the stuff you like the Klein thing, the model you made is like mm -hmm. I feel like 
that's what you've been kind of yes and i'm interested in trying to think about the sort of holistic vision of everything you know mm-hmm. the, the theory of everything it's kind of like ambitious but i like to get my head around the idea that philosophy science and art they seem seemingly they appear different but they an, an, ask the same questions and they answer the same fundamental questions almost metaphysical questions so uh, it's actually easy to mix them together when you're trying to create a vision that it's somehow um, like grandiose you know right yeah so yeah you could mix uh, DNA and like think about there's this uh, theory the astrophysics uh, uh, digital physics it's almost like the, the, the universe is a computer simulation right kind of right thing. right what is your thoughts you know, on that's that crazy. Uh, I don't think it's a computer simulation, but I do think that you can think of matter in its fundamental level as as forces, you know? Like a micro to macro thing yeah, keeps going, playing on. Yeah, or, or just, just a relationship between quarks and muons and gluons and all that stuff happening. It's pretty much like forces. One is stronger than the other. And then what's happening there, the forces are just like pull, not pull. And you can totally make a, a parallel between binary systems there light no light zeros and ones mm-hmm. it's just yeah. light the binary system is not a zero or a one it's just like forces that are different is that because opposite. we embedded that into it no or is that because that's what it is and it's just it's just a, these patterns that apply to pretty right. much everything in nature so it's like the phi and the but, golden rule and all that yes, stuff exactly right. i like that kind of stuff indeed yeah mm-hmm Cool. <laughs> Cynthia's like, yeah, no, I, ver- I don't I, think I, so. I, I, <laughs> no, no. I, I'm just, well, I'm I thinking see, about I see her face. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm thinking because, like, I always, my reference to most everything right now has been Matrix because I'm thinking yes. about are we feeding into something? Are we feeding into something? And are, are we aware of ourselves feeding into something in, mm-hmm. in forms of energy? Yes. And, you know, I always with my selection in the matrix was always I'd rather choose to ignore it right I'd rather have the steak than eat the gruel if if mm. I if I knew that I was making a choice about eating steak or eating the gruel I'd say okay since I know that I have a choice and I can have the steak or the gruel I would rather the steak even knowing that it's not real right that would be still be my choice because <laughs> I'd rather the beauty than the really ugly outfits yeah. Um, but when I think about uh, all of us existing, it's when you, uh, I do a lot of uh, uh, research, uh, historical research, and I see the patterns over and over again. And I, and, yeah. and where I am right now is like, I want some of these patterns to break because they are not, not only are they not efficient, they're not helpful to human beings. And how can we break out of these things without knowing that this is repetitive? We've already did this, you know, historically, we've already faced no these dilemmas. No Right, and so how how do we break the pattern? If, for for example, or as you're saying, uh, biologically we're the same, doesn't really matter if, if time is collapsing and that we're all simultaneously existing at the same time, can we ever break a pattern? And that's my bigger problem. Is but I think <laughs> the pattern is breaking the pattern. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that so, has been the pattern. Yeah. Right, we're trying. That's to just a that. bigger so, pattern, a meta yeah, pattern. Exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> we apparently then we can't, and that's always been just like that. This is not if this is uh, how we are. Well, it's kind of it's kind of you know 
if um I think we do get to break the pattern, no? It's like Westworld. I was watching that the other day. Uh, right, right. In the sense that you're trying and trying and trying yeah. to have an incremental improvement mm-hmm. um in in our existence. And when you look and you read about people who were even living a hundred years ago, the same things mm-hmm. are going on in their heads. Sure. Um so you know, are we wasting our time? trying to come up with solutions that haven't been solved over as long as there've been humans or is every you know every generation an incremental step in the sense that it really re- represents a second in infinity in a larger right we're getting real nihilist here yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> that's your fault well, it's <laughs> an interesting mind. thing sorry <laughs> yeah yeah, I think I think Matt, you know, like you said earlier, like the philosophy, art, math. I mean, all that stuff is interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And it's all um, compressed in some order, and it is hard to break out of that pattern because we probably can't yet. Anyway, I don't know if we ever will, but we can't see. There's so there's a lot bigger stuff out there, and we're just our our vision is very small compared to. <laughs> But to go back for example to blockchain. Blockchain what is what is blockchain? Mathematics. Uh science. And then mixing it with art. That's that's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. like let's break those boundaries there. How how can we just like make a bridge between these two things? Sure. As when you mix uh art and science or art and philosophy. So maybe we that's can maybe we can break that pattern by using blockchain. No, I'm just I'm just saying that art and blockchain is like it's a it's a cool sort of like uh, combination between things that are quite different. Right, it bridges things. Yes. Right. There was a like, plug the plug the ether came across again. Yes. One, of, <laughs> one of my professors from high school, so that she now is principal of my high school, and uh, there was a class when you look back on your life and you're thinking, what really brought me to this point in terms of technology and art, and then. Mine was her class, and I hadn't really thought about it because hmm. she had a class on physics and literature was the class, and she was a brand new, you know, professor or teacher at the time. And so when I had a chance to ask her, because I haven't seen her since I graduated, and she had a the, the school came here, a couple folks came here from the school, and somewhat of a reunion. And I asked her, and I said, you know, at this class. on physics and and literature has influenced my life in ways that I had not anticipated at the time obviously said so um you know what about can you tell me more about this class do you still teach it she said i only taught it for one semester hmm. i have not ever taught it again and she's been teaching and at the school for over 20 years and so it's serendipity in the sense that sometimes we're in the right place at the right time and it can change your life in very you know in ways that you had not anticipated just by being in the particular place at a particular time so it was uh it was really it was very interesting <laughs> to have that conversation because if she hadn't come here I would never have gone back to that school to have that conversation <laughs> what what's a book that you can recommend to our listeners that you that you would uh want them to read um i would say i'm a strange loop by douglas hofstadter hofstadter Okay. well pronounced. Uh it's really interesting because it challenges the concept of the self of the I. Mhm. So I am a strange loop is almost like I am the mirroring of of myself in a sense and my perception of the world is 
my brain or myself. And if we think about how we perceive or what we create, even like if you want to bring it to blockchain, uh, everything that we create somehow resembles the way our brain works. And if you think about it, we have five senses and our vision is very narrow. If you think of the electromagnetic spectrum Mm -hmm. and it's just all really narrow, our perception. And that's what we make up to be the totality of the universe and the world around us. So it's really cool. I like it. It's it's a really wonderful book. Cool. I am a strange loop. I'm gonna check it out. Yes. And um, what's an album that you're listening to right now? Um, I'm listening to uh, like German uh, electronic uh-huh. kind of EDM. Uh, IDM? <laughs> EDM uh, could be could be could be no this uh, is like a Dominic Ailberg it's like okay. that's like uh, I don't know I don't know the name like Moog uh, stuff is, is it dance music or? no it's like it's not like you can dance to it oh, much yeah. it's more like minimal yeah okay. and, and deep okay yeah cool. I like that stuff to work it's just like puts me in the right mood <laughs> yeah Dominic Ailberg <laughs> recommend it too. all right listeners yeah. take note yeah all right well um think we're done with the interview well, thank uh, you so much for having me this appreciate it honoring it was a very good interview <laughs> hope everybody learned something and um <laughs> check out jessica angel and um her her chat and telegram the decentralized art project join up that's right if you have something to add if you don't have something to add yes anything going spectate. on in new york anytime soon with what you're doing uh so we recently applied to the ethereal grant arts grant so this is a, another group of pushing the convergence between art and blockchain, and uh, they're sponsored by Consensus. Yeah. Will so, you be at Consensus? Uh, so this is—I don't know if, if I'll be there yet because I—I had—they haven't released uh, the winners, but okay. it's like by application. So hopefully we get that. If we don't, we'll just—we're uh, planning a meetup in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you the details. I don't have them yet, but yeah, we will have a meetup around the art project uh, in early May. Okay. So we'll be up there. Yep. Awesome. I'll let you know. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. And uh, before we get out of here, uh, let's uh, let's play this uh, song by Paula. Paula D. She's in uh, the Archetype chat. She uh, sent over a crypto rap. I'm a little nervous. uh, We'll go out on this one. But you gotta believe. Tired of the posturing, tired of these runs. Had my fill of white bitches, dumb entitled cunts. Crypto game is fire, shooting for the moon. Scratch that, been there. It's overrun with loons. Mars is the destination, fucking heavy rising. Eris is a brown bitch, they'll find it so surprising. In the games of 2010, eight years in the making. Got these baby boys in their diapers, they are quaking. Victims of the FOMO, FUD in their eyes. Jelly ass Jean was of Albert's Nobel Prize. Frontin' that they know what finance is all about But every dip in the market causes a freakout Shit traders thinking they aren't wage cucks Zombies on their computers trying to make bucks Culturally bankrupt, wisdom eludes them Tech bros thinking they're this shit cause they study STEM STEM sucks Just kidding But they're equally valuable things
shitting on literature, philosophy, and art, but words and music is how you change the motherfucking heart. Wanna be meme lords playing with fire when they don't even understand their deepest desires? Pocket full of cat coin, blessing into space, immutable storage, escape this rat race. Interplanetary file system, simple interface, interplanetary species, we near in third base, centralized power, decentralized storage, no more Uncle Sam skimming our fucking porridge, roads only half done, half traveled, half paved, so shut up, sit down, be humble and behave, take a knee before your trap queen of me supreme, I'll tell you how to dream, the impossible dream involves chasing green, but not that paper, cash and crypto are spooks. All of it vapor. Shout out to my boys at Ketcoin. Um, my love to my home skillets and Michelle Foucault's dank meme stash. Um, shout out to my home fries and archetype. Fuck you, Marty. Just kidding. I love everybody. <laughs>